0: 90% of our life is determined by our subconscious mind. And it runs a lot of patterns, which makes life a lot easier for us. For example, if you had to get up every single morning and had to consciously think about okay, I have to put one foot in front of the other to get to the bathroom, to open the toothpaste, to brush my teeth, you would be completely overwhelmed five minutes into your day, right? (laughs) So it's a good thing that our subconscious mind develops patterns to make our life easier. But the problem is sometimes those patterns actually hinder us to achieve our goals because our subconscious mind is programmed to protect us. So whenever we do something, that it perceives as a threat to us, it jumps in and says, no, 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 we're not doing this. And that's where, where the fear comes in.
1: Welcome to Small Business Talk for Coaches with Kathy Smith. This podcast is the ultimate resource for coaches looking to transform their coaching passion into a thriving business. Kathy Smith began a journey as a marketing professional in 2001 and has helped thousands of businesses to grow. Cathy specialises in helping coaches and is dedicated to showing you how to get your first clients and many more. If you are ready to take your coaching practice to the next level, then you are in the right place. Whether you are just starting your coaching journey or you're an experienced coach, not seeing the results you desire, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to Small Business Talk for Coaches. Today we have Jenny Fielder with us and Jenny reached out after hearing one of my episodes which was the one about why coaches can't make money. So today we thought we would talk about the psychology of fear. We all know that we get a little scared sometimes but I hope this won't be a scary episode.
0: So welcome Jenny. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So
1: can you just give us a little short, say, 30-second pitch on
0: who you are and why you're here? Um, Sure. My name is Jennifer Fitter. I'm a social psychologist and hypnotist. And I started out in the fitness industry like 17 years ago. That was my first business. But I was always very interested in the mindset side of things. So I started working with my fitness clients around mindset and integrated hypnosis and then later on switched over to pure mindset coach, uh, coaching and hypnosis. And I work now mainly with female entrepreneurs and I help them overcome their doubts and fears so that they can finally create a successful business. Fantastic. Love that.
1: So why do you think we get so caught up in the psychology of fear? I, um,
0: I think we have to backtrack a little bit and first understand how our mind actually works. Okay. So when we think about the mind, there's two parts to our mind there's a conscious part and a subconscious part. Our conscious part is the logical, rational thinking part of our mind. So, what you and the listeners are listening to me with right now is the conscious part, right? Mm -hmm. And that conscious part knows exactly what it wants. In our case, okay, they want to build a successful business, they want to make money, they want to do all those things. But then there's the subconscious part, and the subconscious part is More the creative part that's underneath, but it runs a lot of the things that are going on in our life. 90% of our life is determined by our subconscious mind. And it runs a lot of patterns, which makes life a lot easier for us. For example, if you had to get up every single morning and had to consciously think about, okay, I have to put one foot in front of the other to get to the bathroom, to open the toothpaste, to brush my teeth, you would be completely overwhelmed five minutes into your day, right? (laughs) So it's a good thing that our subconscious mind develops patterns to make our life easier. But the problem is sometimes those patterns actually hinder us to achieve our goals because our subconscious mind is programmed to protect us. So whenever we do something, that it perceives as a threat to us, it jumps in and says, no, 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 we're not doing this. And that's where, where the fear comes in. <clears throat> we are programmed to focus on the negative. When you think about it like evolutionary, right? it was always important to protect ourselves and to look out for everything that could be a threat. And we kind of carried that over into the modern world. Yeah. The problem now is back then it was very important because there was like saber tooth tigers and whatnot that could actually kill us, right? But now in modern times, there's not a lot that's really a threat to our livelihood. Right? What we perceive as a threat is really just like a an inconvenience. And that's where our subconscious mind hasn't really caught up yet. And that's why we sometimes have those problems. And what happens also a lot is... When you think about, um, let's say the mind is an iceberg. The top part is the conscious mind. Everything that's underneath the water is the subconscious mind. Our conscious part is the one that develops all the fears. We have maybe fear of failure, maybe fear of rejection, fear of judgment, sometimes fear of success. And now our subconscious mind, we just said, wants to protect the conscious part. So it develops patterns. And a lot of those patterns when we're talking about fear in business are related to perfectionism or procrastination or simply avoidance. Okay, if I don't reach out to podcast hosts, then I can't be rejected, right? Even though I know it would advance my business. Or if I don't put my face out there, and I don't record videos for social media, for my Facebook, whatever it is, then I can't get rejected. And those are things where our subconscious mind doesn't understand that, yes, it wants to protect us, but this is actually harmful for our business progress because if we don't put ourselves out there, if we don't accept that we might get rejected, then we will never make it. Absolutely. And that is good. And we
1: concentrate on the the one or two people that reject us, not yes. hundreds that actually like us. Yes. Uh, I was listening to something the other day where they said, we focus on the haters. We don't focus on the, all the people that have liked and then go, oh, yeah, that was great. So yeah. if, if we sell something, then that's a dopamine hit. But if somebody just says, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, nice, move on. But if somebody Mm -hmm. says, oh, I don't like what you did there or your hair's not right or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's what we tend to focus on. And I love the part you said about the fear of success because a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't realise that. They start doing really well and then suddenly there's all these little things. Oh, I didn't remember to do the Facebook Live or I didn't remember to do this or there's a broken link between Mm -hmm. my offer and my payment page, and all of those little things that we start to add we up.
0: self-sabotaging. <laughs> yes,
1: very much so. Yeah.
0: But what you also just said with the, like, we focus on the haters, I think especially on social media, it's also so easy because the haters are always much more outspoken than the supporters, right? You will always get negative comments from people, but then you find out weeks later, oh, there was actually 100 people who listened to my podcast and who really liked it, but they didn't like it, they didn't comment or anything, but they were there, yes. you know? So it's that's like the the fascinating thing, if you will, about social media. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, we do
1: it in our natural lives, don't yeah. we? We go to a restaurant and it was great, and sometimes we'll make a, a five-star post, but if we go and it was awful, then we will generally tell everybody about it, maybe make a one star post, maybe talk to the staff about it. But if it was a great job, quite often, we don't say anything. And I always find it really interesting when you're reading the comments on a four star post, they go, this cafe was amazing. The staff were wonderful. It was so good. And they only give them four stars. And what they don't realise, of course, is Google sees that as a negative. You only gave mm-hmm. four, not five. So it right. actually detracts from the cafe rather than attracts
0: on the cafe. And which brings us back to that we're wired for the negative, right? We're paying much more attention to the negative. Indeed. And we're also
1: trying to, to make them up their game, even though we think their game's not that far from perfect. Yeah. We, we want them to be even better. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so we're talking about self-sabotage. What other things do we do when we try to sabotage ourselves?
0: I think it very much depends on the person, but like I said, some of the very common ones are procrastination. Like, oh, I have, and kind of justifying it. No, I, I can't do the YouTube channel right now because I first need to learn how to edit videos or I can't put my course out yet because I still have to work on the website and I have to modify the logo. And we're like kind of justifying all the ways that we're pushing things off, not realizing that this is a protection mechanism of our subconscious mind. Because if I keep pushing things off and I don't launch my course, I don't launch my videos, I don't do anything, then I can't fail. And the subconscious mind achieved its goal of protecting us, right? The other thing, basically the same thing, perfectionism. Nothing is ever good enough to actually put it out there. And I always have to redo things. I can't tell you how many clients I have who went through 5, 10, 15 different logos over the past year. Because they think this is the be all and end all. Meanwhile, I'm over here. I don't even have a logo, <laughs> like, I don't, you know. So, and and those are all those things. And the I think the dangerous part is that a lot of people really don't realize it.
1: Indeed. Because
0: what happens is you're still busy, right? And you get the feeling I'm working so hard on my business. Because I redo the logo all the time. I redo the website all the time. I keep shooting videos for the program that I will never launch. So you're always busy. You're always doing something. And you get very frustrated because you think I'm working so hard, but nothing ever comes of it. Not realizing that you're just doing the busy work instead of the important work.
1: Indeed. And you 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 see that a lot with rebranding. People are doing quite well with what they've got. So suddenly Mm -hmm. they need to rebrand again and up their, their images and all of that sort of thing, whereas quite often, like you say, that's just busy work and if they just kept going step after step after step, they would be so much further along.
0: Yeah, and really focusing on, I think if you would really sit down and ask yourself, okay, what is going to be the one thing that can actually get me clients, that can make me money. And then you just focus on that one thing for a month. You would be so much further along than doing the five or 10 things that keep you busy all day long, but don't get you anywhere. And that's also why people get so overwhelmed all the time, right? because they're doing all the little things that are really not that important while neglecting the one or two things that could actually get them somewhere. And then they say, well, and I have my full-time job. I work my nine-to-five, and I, I don't have the time to do all of this. Take an hour a day. Focus on the really important thing, but actually do it. And then you will see that by the end of the month, you might already be much further along than you thought you would be.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the thing that social media perpetuates is we see some of these bigger coaches in particular, and they're everywhere. So we think that we need to be everywhere. But what we forget is they're only everywhere now because they've been doing it five years or 10 years, and they've got a huge team to run that. It's not one person trying to do a video and then chop it up and then make quotes out of it and all the other things to get it right across. It's just... The team doing it, whereas if you just concentrate maybe on just doing one live or just doing that one thing that actually moves your needle. Yeah.
0: And I think it's it's totally legit if you start out, let's, if we're talking about the online space, if you start out with one platform, choose the platform that you like the most. If you hang out on Facebook yourself, choose Facebook. If you really love Instagram, do Instagram. If you love LinkedIn, whatever, but focus on that one thing and just do it instead of trying to be everywhere, because like I said at the beginning, it's it's simply not possible. Yeah, no. I mean, you, you can get an assistance relatively early on because what we don't realize either, like virtual assistants are not that expensive. No. And if you think about it, like if I if I was to edit a video, like a five minute video, it will probably take me an hour. My assistant does that in like thirty seconds. <laughs> so you have to think about it. You know, if you have a nine-to-five job and you have money coming in, take a little bit of, of that money, invest it in hiring somebody who helps you with the things that you're really not good at so that the little time you have, you can spend on actually moving your business forward.
1: Absolutely. And the only caveat I'd put to that is make sure that your client's on the platform that you're keen yeah. on as well. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. That, that's probably the, the thing is look for where your clients hang out. And then mm. if you like that platform as well, then that works really well. And also, sometimes it's even best to pay someone to do things that you like. If that's not in what's going to move the needle, if that's not the thing that only you can do, then you're far yeah. better off paying someone to do that for you. Because then that frees up your time. And if you're only working on your business an hour a day, you want to work on that one thing, that really critical thing that is making the the needle move, not editing the video just because you can and you're quick at it and then ending up down, goodness knows what, rabbit hole. And once again, busy work. So that's your self-sabotaging because now you've only got 30 minutes for that day and you can't actually make the content that you need.
0: And then we're also coming back again to that fear part where some people think, okay, I'm scared to invest in my business. I don't make any money yet. Like, how can I hire an assistant? But when you think about it, if that assistant works for you just a couple of hours a week, that's not a lot of money, but it frees up so much time for you that you could actually make money. And if you charge, I don't know, $100 or whatever as a coach, don't you think you can pay 20 dollars to an assistant so that you actually have the time to make that money, you know, so it's, but it's, it's a fear thing again, right? How how can I justify spending money on my business that is not generating anything yet? Indeed, And I think that's an important thing to learn, especially for new entrepreneurs is you have to invest a little something. Yes. I mean, it's always good to keep the overhead low and to not, you know, invest $10,000 in a coach if you really don't have the means for it, but like you have to invest a little something somewhere if you want to build something. That's just how they say, you know, you have to spend money to make money. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: And I think it is overcoming that fear and making sure that you are spending it wisely because as coaches, we're generally quite happy to spend it on coaching or training or another certification or a qualification but at the end of the day can you use what you've got right now mm-hmm. okay it might not cover absolutely everything but will it be enough to get some one on one coaching to start making some money to get that assistant and then you can look at those other nice five shiny qualifications that would be really cool to have but probably not needed quite at the moment
0: and that's also a procrastination tactic again right? mm-hmm. and i always i always tell my my clients When I started first, my fitness business, like I said, my first business was a fitness business and I was so insecure. I got, I think I have 12 or 15 certificates, like everything and nothing, like throw it at me. I got it because I always had the feeling, no, I need to get better before I can actually, you know, go out there. And I was always looking at other coaches and it's like, no, they know so much more than I do. And that's, that's a procrastination tactic. Mm-hmm. Right. You keep repeating the same pattern, you get more courses, you read more books, you invest in whatever, because you're scared to make the leap and actually say, ta-da, this is me, buy from me. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. So and that's I, something that very careful with. Absolutely.
1: And I can't possibly take on a client right now because I'm still doing my insert, the the qualification. I'm still doing that course. I can't do I it because I'm writing a book. Once I've written the book, then I'll be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Procrastination as it, at its finest <laughs> right there.
1: <laughs> and that's why there are so many books, so many courses, so much content sitting on people's hard drives that will never get there because yeah. sometimes you actually just have to get in front of people, tell them you're a coach, tell them that you do one-on-one coaching and ask them to pay you some money. Yes, yes.
0: And I think that's, that's the hardest part for most people. I have so many clients who come to me who are just scared of putting themselves out there in what form ever. If they're scared of shooting videos, if they're scared of going to network events, if they're scared of just reaching out to people and say, hey, how, how is it going? Just wanted to check in with you. Haven't talked to you in a while. And um, I think that's one of the major things how you can make money. You have to talk to people. Yeah. Right? And people have to see your face. And people have to know what you're doing. That was one of my very first coaches always told me, you really only have one job. You have to let people know what you're doing. Everybody in your vicinity has to know who you are and what you do. And if you're not able to communicate that, you will never be successful. And to be able to do that, you have to get over this fear of rejection, of failure, of judgment. Because it will always happen. You know, that's just part of the game. Not everybody is on your level. Not everybody's on the same page with you. Not everybody's interested in what you're doing. So you're not for everybody and that's fine, right? But you still have to put yourself out there.
1: Yes. And I think another big fear, and particularly in the coaching industry, people are worried about asking people for money to be actually paid for it. Wellness people think that, oh, well, you can get that for free. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you've also got to make a living and be able to feed your family and all of that sort of thing. So if you're not going to be able to ask people for money, then maybe you should be doing something else and doing your wellness coaching as a pro bono or something on the side. So have you got any tips about asking people to pay you?
0: I think the first thing is really you have to, be comfortable with what you offer and you have to be confident enough to say, okay, this is me and this is what I have to offer. Because a lot of people are so scared, like I said, of rejection, of judgment or whatever, that they don't have the confidence. Right. But in order to put yourself out there, you have to kind of get comfortable with the idea that not everybody's going to like you, right? And you also have to realize, because I have a lot of clients who say, like you said, there's so much like free material on the market, like everything that I can offer, they can get for free on the internet. And yes, they can. But what we do as coaches is we organize the information for them and we hold them accountable. Yes. And we, we kind of bring that information, we condense it that it applies to the specific client because if they could solve their problem with free stuff on the internet, they would have already done it. Indeed. So, so you have to be confident in what you offer and you have to realize what your role as a coach actually is. Absolutely. Not much about what you know. Like I have some of my clients are psychotherapists, up psychologists, up they know everything about the subconscious mind. They know all about the psychology of fear, but they're still not able to get rid of it because they're in it. Yes. And then you need a third-person view, somebody who says, have you ever thought about this? And then they have this aha moment, this light bulb, and they're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Absolutely. And that's what what you're allowed to charge for.
1: Yeah. 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 And that's the thing is that it's also got to do with the fact that they've paid for it and it's that buy-in. So when you generally pay for things, you want to get your money's worth. Whereas if it's free, oh yeah, I'll get around to that. I'll get around to that. I'll get around to that. And it never happens. So I think that's an amazing difference. Even if they can get it for free, they're asking you to keep them accountable. They're asking themselves to be accountable because now they need value.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%.
1: And I also love that coaches have coaches because, yes, we all know a lot about the subconscious mind and coaching industry and the questions we ask and all that sort of thing. But it's just Mm. really amazing when a coach says something back to you and you go, oh, yes, of course. And I, I love the question when you are coaching a coach is if you were your own coach, what would you be asking and quite often that can turn it around, and people can go, "Oh yes, I'd be asking this, this, and this." Oh yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. But that—that's why I, I find it very important to have, as coaches, to have our own coaches. I do a lot of supervision, like we, we don't call it coaching; then it's supervision, but it's the same thing, right? Um, because you're in your own head, it's, and you sometimes yeah. don't see the things. You know right. how a third person would see it. Mm-hmm. And if I am somebody who offers my services, because I believe in coaching, then I have to be willing to invest in coaching myself. Indeed, <laughs> right? Indeed. I, can't, I can't just say, yeah, I want you to pay me a lot of money. But I'm good because, you <laughs> know, I know everything because that's, that's not the case. I learned so much during my supervision sessions or just like conversations with other hypnotists. And um I think it's it's so important because it advances you as a coach as well. Like you Absolutely. get better through coaching.
1: Yeah, you know? and quite often we're working from our conscious mind and it's just that yeah. level or two under in the subconscious, and then somebody yeah. else can see it by our behaviors or sometimes our lack of behaviors, like you say, procrastination or not putting ourselves out there. You go, oh, you said you were going to do that video. You said you were going to do it on Monday and look, now it's Friday and you haven't done it. Why do you think yep. that might be? What happened? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And sometimes being curious is hard for ourselves to be curious about ourselves, whereas mm-hmm. it's much easier to be curious about somebody else sitting in front of us.
0: Yeah. And it's also it's also a scary thing again, Right if you want to dig deep into your own subconscious mind and what's going on. And I have that with, with a lot of my noses clients who are coaches. And like I said, I work mainly with female entrepreneurs and they have a lot of money blocks. Like I don't like this word money blocks because it's so, you know, new age or whatever it is, but it's, it's a lot of fear around money.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, am I worth enough to charge that much? Or can I ever be successful? Can I ever make that much money? And it's kind of even when you're a coach, it's very scary to dig deep and find out, okay, why is that actually happening? Why am I thinking this way? And And then having somebody else who, who guides you through the process can be tremendously helpful.
1: Yes. And often money blocks are about leaving the tribe and particularly people that have been very close to us for a long time. So they yeah. they might have come through schooling with us, they might have come through our, our early parenting years and things like that. So now that we're starting to look at making money in a different income bracket to them, we're worried that we're going to leave the pr- tribe and it gets down to exactly what you were talking about before, about our old brain telling us oh if you leave the tribe then the lion will be able to eat you whereas of course that's not the the case anymore but we're worried about growing and changing whereas that the tribe around us hasn't so therefore we're, we're now an outlier and an outcaster and so that can be really difficult and by having that coach we're almost making a new tribe so then that becomes much more comfortable for us to be able to stretch into those income brackets that we never thought were possible.
0: Yeah. And I think that's that's also something very important, especially for new entrepreneurs to realize, because that, like we said, it's it's all evolutionary, right? You were always part of a tribe because the tribe protects you. And then far fast forward into the modern world, we still had the same thing in school, right? If you were not part of the the famous ones or the <laughs> The the hip ones that you had a problem. you would be bullied or whatever. And then we carry that into adulthood, not realizing that if you want to be successful as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a coach, whatever it is that you do, you kind of have to stand out. You have to become your own self. You have to be different from the others. And yes, sometimes that means leaving people behind or just like going, going in different directions. Because some people are just meant to be with us for a specific amount of time, for a specific, you know, time frame in our life. And just being okay with that and learning to be okay with that. And I think that's where a coach or hypnosis or whatever form um, you want to use can be very helpful as well. Yes,
1: absolutely. And I think it was an Oprah Winfrey quote when people said to her, but you didn't bring people with you. And she said, no, they chose not to come
0: there you go. Yeah, exactly. And once
1: again, just the psychology of how we're thinking about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that.
1: Okay, so we're talking about the psychology of fear. Are there mm-hmm. any tips that you would have for people to maybe recognize or overcome these fears that we've been discussing?
0: So the first thing, like I said, is really recognizing that I do have a fear or a limiting belief or whatever it is that is holding me back because you have to know what you're working with, right? Um, And when in my own practice, it, it sometimes, or it happens a lot of the time that people are already aware of it because when you come to a hypnotist, I'm usually not the first person that people go to when they have a problem. It's not (laughs) like, Oh, I have a problem. Where should I go? "Mm, A hypnotist. No, they've, they've tried a lot of things and nothing worked and then they say okay what about hypnosis okay fine i'll give it a chance <laughs> you know <clears throat> so i have a lot of clients who are already very aware of what is holding them back but in order to address that that you really have to get to this awareness and sometimes it's as simple as asking your subconscious mind it sounds it sounds silly it sounds super you know <laughs> simplified But if you just close your eyes and you release all the distractions, you can do that with breathing exercises, just taking a deep breath in. And exhale and just calm your nervous system down a little bit. And then ask yourself, am I afraid of failure? And you listen for the answer. And you can go through a whole catalog, like all the suspicions that you have, if you will. Or the most common ones? You know, am I afraid of judgment? Am I afraid of what other people think of me? Am I afraid of putting myself out there? And you simply listen to the answer. Because your subconscious mind, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, will give you a response. And then you can address that. There's there's two ways that I think are very helpful. The first one is to simply ask hey, can we just release this fear? Because sometimes your subconscious mind is not even aware that that's a possibility. Because it's just doing it for so long and protecting you from something for so long that it didn't even occur to it. Like, maybe we can just let go of it. So if you just ask, it's like, how about we get rid of it? Sometimes your subconscious mind will be like, okay, why not? (laughs) And if that's not the case, then obviously I would suggest hypnosis because that is a very easy way to make changes. Because what happens a lot when we want to make changes is that we come with a logic from the conscious mind and we want to change something that's in the subconscious mind. And that logic sometimes is not the same. Yeah. Like I always, I always like to give an example of fear of spiders, you know, like when you were three years old, maybe you saw how your mother jumped on the table and started screaming frantically. Oh my God. Right? And in that moment, you learned spiders are dangerous. So, fast forward 30 years on a conscious level, you know that a lot of spiders are really not that dangerous. Or you could probably just like put a glass on it and put it outside. So, what do you do? You jump on a table and you start screaming because that is not the logic that your subconscious mind learned, right? And then when you try to say, you know what, but this is really not that bad and we can just put it outside, your subconscious mind will will be like, no, no, I don't believe you. And that's why it's so hard to make those changes. But what we can do with hypnosis is we can establish a state of so-called subconscious dominance, meaning everything that we want to change inside the subconscious mind, we can kind of bring out of the water. If we go with the analogy with the iceberg that we had at the beginning, we get it to the surface and we can directly address it and that's why it's so easy and i can literally like click my click my fingers and make the change because i have direct access to the subconscious mind and i think that's what what makes a hypnosis so powerful when we're talking about just eliminating fears
1: perfect and i think that's that the main thing is recognizing them so that you can deal with them
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah excellent so is there anything else you think we should be talking about around the psychology of fear
0: um I think when you're a new entrepreneur or even a seasoned entrepreneur just always remind yourself when you fe- feel this fear or when you feel there's something holding you back that your subconscious mind is just trying to protect you because we we tend to get mad with ourselves it's like why am I always doing this i always keep repeating the same patterns and i don't understand this it's a way of your subconscious mind to protect you so instead of getting mad with yourself thank your subconscious mind for the effort but then try to find different ways to achieve the same result yeah and and that's just just being a little bit kinder to ourselves can go a long way
1: indeed i hear you thank you but we don't need to do that anymore exactly (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So is there anything that we should have said that we haven't?
0: Um, No, I think we're good. If anybody is not clear about what is holding them back, they can feel free to reach out to me. Um, I don't know if we can put maybe the website or something in the show notes. It's jenniferfitter.com slash contact. Simply send me an email, reach out and say, hey, I've been struggling with X, Y, Z. And I'm always happy to just schedule a free session and we just... Find out what is going on and if hypnosis would actually be a helpful tool because I love hypnosis. I use it with almost all my clients, um, but it doesn't work for everybody. So what I like to do is I like to really schedule a session to find out, hey, what is it that is holding you back? And are you a good subject, if you will, for hypnosis? And then we can decide if, if we should move forward with that. So I'm happy to do that. Just send me a message, jenniferfitter.com contact. And we'll figure it out. Fantastic. So at this
1: point of the podcast, I get to ask five questions. So are you game? Okay.
0: Let's do the hot seat. <laughs>
1: indeed, indeed. What is the best advice given to you by a mentor? Be patient. Nice. <laughs> what is the biggest help that you have received since starting your business?
0: The biggest help? Um I think just bouncing off ideas with with other hypnotists because, like, when you speak something out loud and you get feedback, it kind of helps to, to clear things up a lot.
1: Indeed. Sometimes just verbalising it is all you need to be able to release it. Yeah. What is the one thing that you have to do every day, your non-negotiable?
0: Centre myself. I do it with, um, it's called NSDR, non-sleep, deep rest. But you can do it with meditation. You can do it with anything. But I think to start your day, you really have to center yourself and focus on the things that you want to achieve that day. Perfect. What is your favorite business book and why? It's not really a business book per se. It's called Atomic Habits. Yep. I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. And I think that was one of the most profound books that I've ever read It for business, for life itself.
1: Fantastic. And what do you wish you had known when you started your business?
0: That it's not as scary as I'm, as I made it out to be <laughs> and that it's totally okay to fail because in order to succeed you need to fail and you need to fail often
1: and you need to fail fast. Indeed and by not doing it you're actually failing ahead of time so I I think that's a, a perfect thing to end our conversation on the psychology of fear. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time Jenny. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And SPT audience, remember, enjoy your journey. Roadmap, your step-by-step guide to accelerate your journey to a thriving coaching business. The Coaches CoachesMarketingRoadmap.com.au And don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk for Coaches podcast. Go to SmallBusinessTalk.com.au for all the show notes from this episode. Remember, coaches, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode. Take action and implement it. Coaches, you've got this. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Remember, just start one step at a time, take consistent action and enjoy your journey.